When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. Celebrating 25 years of radio excellence. The Armstrong and Getty Show. conference for females in tech was taken over by male attendees. Social media clips filmed at the Grace Hopper, the world's largest gathering of women technologists, show men standing in line to meet with recruiters. Some of the male attendees reportedly lied about being non-binary just to get in. Several tech workers defended the men for trying to capitalize on job opportunities not meant for them, saying that the entire concept was wrong. No way. So, uh, well done, fellas. I say there are a bunch of dudes, and there are some people who are like, these people have no history of identifying as non-binary online. They're dressed, they're, what's that, what are you, uh, they're presenting as males? This is, this is wrong. And the 98% of the world that's sane is like, what do you bring these things on yourself, you bunch of lunatics? (laughs) Yeah, every time I have to fill out a form, and I'm given a choice other than just male or female, I die a little bit. What are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's We're giving in to people's delusions for reasons of neo-Marxism, which I've explained before. But uh, why don't we play 26, and then I've got a couple of stories to share with you. This is a girl who goes by Pretty Boy. Wants her family, well, she kind of explains uh, what's going on here. See, Hold on uh, tight, uh, cinch up the reins. Do you know how many times I've changed a label, stopped using a label, or just don't use a label around certain people or groups? I stop saying I have he, him pronouns to cis strangers because the look of confusion and processing in their eyes was a little too much for me to bear consistently. Introducing myself as non-binary instead of trans mask if I'm wearing a dress or makeup because I don't feel like explaining that. But also telling cis family members to use he, him pronouns for me because I know they don't understand non-binary identities. Calling myself trans mask when I want to connect with other trans mask people about hormones and identities but then only going by non-binary in other spaces because there's so many queer people that hate trans men and trans masks but are okay with non-binary people. 
saying that I'm in a sapphic relationship with my girlfriend when both of us don't like using that label and consider our relationship to be lesbian. And the thing is, I'm not even doing this around cishet people. I'm doing this around other queer people. My labels, identities, pronouns vary day to day, minute to minute, based on how much I feel like explaining myself, how much I feel like confusing people, and how tired I am. When they say you will never stop coming out, they mean it. Wow. Um, assuming that person is serious, and they sound serious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is interesting that her, I don't remember. I remember at the beginning of the end. Yeah, she's a she, I believe. Um, but this person uh, is mostly concerned about the gay community and all their judgment. But anyway, that aside, we need a name for, we we got all these names for... Uh, the whole, I feel like I'm a different gender. We need a name for the mental state of, I'm going to sit in my car and record videos <laughs> about how difficult my life is and post them. Yeah. And and we're all going to like whine together about our tiny, tiny niche in the world and how difficult it is for us. That, yeah. that needs yeah. a name. That phenomenon needs a name. Yeah, it's a tangent, but it's an important one, certainly. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, there, there's a lot going on there, I think. Uh, but back to the, the main thread of the thing, I think a lot of it is, and these people are not getting amplified in the media because the media doesn't know what to do because they believe half of this crap, is there are a lot of gay people who are like, okay, you're a confused cuckoo nut. Don't put me in your alphabet soup of identity. Don't, don't expect me to... You're you're changing your identities and your pronouns and all every day, and you want me to look. I'm a dude. I love dudes. All right, it's easy. I'm done. Look, there, Joey. There, there ends my description. Joe, it's simple. They love each other. All right, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, it, it's one of my favorite memes. It's it's heavy. It's tough, but it's my favorite. Um, people are sending around uh, memes to the effect of. If your eight-year-old boy says he's a pirate, you need the children know who they are. You've got to saw off his leg and pluck out one of his eyes and Barbaric. get him a, a, hook, a hook hand and a patch because kids know who they are. If your anorexic daughter tells you she looks fat, kids know. Tell her she's fat. You've got to, you have to have a fat affirming care for anorexic girls. How, how scary is that? How clear does that make the point? Or, or your child who's depressed. If they say nobody loves them and there's no point in their life, you've got to affirm that because confused adolescents are always right with their mental struggles. God, you people who believe that, there's something seriously wrong in your head. Anyway, having said that, been following this story. At, I, didn't, uh, uh, yeah. I didn't understand 75% of the words she used there, though, in that little clip. I mean, that's how... Uh, how uh, you need a glossary. Not Yeah, exactly. That's how not up to speed I am. I really didn't understand a lot of that. Like, I'd never heard those words before, ever. Right. You know, that, that brings up kind of another tangent, but an interesting one, that a lot of this woke stuff is a badge, it's a status badge that educated people, you know, therefore uh, richer people, use to show their status. Because now everybody's got a car, and there's some pretty inexpensive cars that look pretty cool, 
everybody's got some pretty good-looking clothes. I mean, because, you know, even if they didn't steal them, for instance, if you're a person of low income, you can get some really cool clothes at thrift stores or those Chinese factories that crank out fast fashion or whatever. It's getting harder and harder for the affluent to signal their affluence. And so one of the ways they do it is by spouting this uh, grad school jargon that they learned. That's how they recognize each other. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you got people who, you know, maybe don't have a lot of money wearing fancy jewelry, for instance. So uh, I'm not sure that explains all of this, but I think it's a factor in it. How do you show that you're part of the enlightened upper crust by using all these uh, terms? But here's where it gets ugly, because a lot of people are stupid in the media and in uh, education, as we've uh, discussed through the years. Here's this terrible, terrible story in uh, Tulatan, Oregon, which is right outside of... um, Portland, I think, where there's a troubled, troubled student there, a male, who quote-unquote identifies as female, and you're supposed to call a she, but this uh, young man also has some terrible anger problems and has brutalized a couple of young girls a couple of times. And the school district is tied up in knots because this kid identifies as a transgender and so they don't know what to do it's not a little boy who beats up girls it's more complicated than that even though it's not and on top of that in the first attack which was a brutal violent physical attack on a little girl they used restorative justice where instead of having a zero-tolerance policy, because as the uh, superintendent says, zero-tolerance is antithetical to our work as educators. If it is safe for the victim and the school community as a whole to extend an opportunity for the student to relearn different behavior, that is what we do. And so this boy brutalized a girl. They held a little restorative justice where they explained to him, hey, you shouldn't brutalize little girls. And he said, yeah, okay, whatever. Then he got mad at another little girl and brutalized her. And then when one of her friends stepped in to help, beat the hell out of that second girl. But the school district just doesn't know quite what to do because the boy is transgender. Yeah, I can't even hardly engage in this conversation because I've lived to some of it. And it's so maddening. I mean, it's just so absolutely maddening. The restorative justice thing is such a failure. And uh, the sooner they get rid of it, the, the better. It's so reminiscent of our discussion of getting away from phonics in favor of this fad that was terrible. And finally, after decades now, they're saying, oh, yeah, like every single shred of scientific evidence points to phonics as the way to teach English. Well, a lot of us were saying that like the first week this other crap was introduced. It was known. It was seeable. But it took a long, 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 long time. The blindness to the utter unicornian ineffectiveness of this restorative justice crap is astonishing to me. You can see the results in every school in America. Teachers have lost control of the classrooms completely. Yeah. Um, on the topic of showing your uh, education by changing the language... Reminded me of this thing I came across the other day, because I think that's what's going on with this a lot of the times. It was about the word retarded. Mm. Somehow it got used and somebody was in trouble for saying it. The word retarded was used as a euphemism because people were offended by the word moron years ago. Because when I was a kid, retarded was the preferred word. 
That was Correct. that was yep. the kind, enlightened, you care about people word. Mm-hmm. That came to be because they decided the word moron was awful. Moron was literally invented from scratch by a scientist to be dispassionate as a term because people were offended by feeble-minded, which had been the term before moron. So now mm-hmm. we're going clear back to the 1800s. And it just keeps moving. Whatever word we pick will also become an insult, and your grandchildren will scoff at videos of videos of you using that word neutrally now. It's the condition we find repugnant, not the name for it. The euphemism treadmill does not purify the concept, but merely taints the word. But what drives a lot of it is what you're talking about earlier. It's a way to show, you know, I'm a I'm a, I'm a higher level of person. A good example was the whole when I was a kid, colored people was the term you're supposed to use and then that became awful now we're back to people of color we've just gonna gone around the bend on that one or the silly term african-american yeah um yeah the the whole retarded thing is a little different than some of it just because the technical term gets becomes vogue for insulting people and then you know if i were to you know call somebody a moron then that, that, that's when describing somebody who's developmentally disabled, which I think is a term I can still use. I don't know if not cancel me. Um, I don't want it to be a term that's also used to insult people. I kind of get that discomfort, but it's obviously a never ending cycle. We'll, we'll right. invent a new yeah. term. And then 20 years from now, uh, uh, you know, if you uh, uh, make me angry, I'll call you that. and We'll have to find a new term. I just guess that's the way it is. How did you feel about feeble-minded? Oh, that's fine. Seems kind of old-timey. So somebody invented a word. How about we call these people morons? Yeah, yeah. And that was the nice, accepted term for a while. And then if you really want to get into the uh, linguistic weeds, um, you've got some people who want to present people with serious developmental difficulties, whether they're physical, psychological, or whatever, as not having a problem. Mm-hmm. You're handy capable. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, anybody who's dealt with a loved one who has significant challenges knows it ain't a good thing. It can, there is good that can come from it, learning and enlightenment and love and compassion and the rest of it, but it's hard. They know it's not a good thing. So the whole autistic people can concentrate extra well, and sometimes they get rich, like Elon Musk. Yeah, that does happen sometimes. Hmm. It's like some people who have a pituitary disorder end up making millions of dollars in the NBA, but mostly they're just in pain. So, you know, I don't know. That bothers me. But a lot of things bother me. Stay tuned. I'll get to some more. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Milton Friedman. Uh, Let's go with this one. Concentrated power is not rendered harmless by the good intentions of those who create it. Supreme Court is actually looking at some cases that have something to do with that, specifically the administrative state. The rules and regs, which we all must live by, that were never passed by Congress. Of course, you'd get a very different idea of what they're discussing if you were to read, for instance, the New York Times, which is insufferably biased, but we already knew that. Mailbag. Trump's note, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. 
I'm reminded that uh, Jeremy's, remember Jeremy's razors? and uh, I shaved with one this morning. Excellent. The response to the woke uh, Harry's razors people, I think, wasn't that? Uh, I, we talked about this, I think it was last year. Jeremy's uh, Chocolates is out again with uh, their, uh, what do they call these? I guess Jeremy's Chocolates, now available in he, him, with nuts, and she, her, which is nutless, uh, microaggression-sized. So they're fabulous. I may get a box full of these and give them out to friends. They're pretty funny. Love that. It reminds me, there's a uh, boy setting records in in high school track in Maine. Talk about that. Love those stories. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not a boy. It's a girl with a test with testicles and a penis and a male physiology and heart and bones. But I'm supposed to look at that boy and call him a girl. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Moving along. Uh, John writes on the question of building houses on the moon. Uh, spent the weekend with my 26-year-old son scouting for the upcoming deer season. As I looked over thousands of acres, hundreds of square miles from 7,000 feet in the air, we don't need more land. <laughs> You know, yeah, drive from Denver to San Francisco and tell me we don't have enough land on Earth. (laughs) Let's see, moving along, uh, a similar topic, Paolo, from the New York Times, the world's population may peak in your lifetime. What happens next? And they talk about it'll probably peak in the 2080s or something like that. And then we shrink. Humanity will not reach a plateau, then stabilize. It will begin an unprecedented decline. And Paolo points out, well, we'll have to get by with fewer people. That doesn't seem so bad. The whole too many old codgers and not enough young people, that could be tricky. But uh, either of those scenarios is preferable to continuing on our current growth trajectory, fighting over dwindling resources and destroying ourselves. I guess we should be happy the demographers are saying this isn't going to happen. Yeah, but what if every government system is based on a population growing? Well, those are going to be spicy times. Yeah, I'd say. We need to stop doing that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny that uh, that uh, the expectation of never-ending population growth is so baked into virtually everything we do. Well, at some point, it's not going to anymore. You know, humankind will adjust its sails or die out. I'll be long gone. Good, so, good luck. Good luck with that, we say, to the future. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Kevin... From Placerville, California, writes, I was quite aghast when I heard Gavin Newsom chose an out-of-state left-wing D.C. bundler to be the next California senator. (laughs) Got me thinking, what would the right-wing equivalent be? At first, I thought the answer might be if Texas Governor Greg Abbott chose a D.C. oil company lobbyist to be the next senator from Texas, but that isn't quite right. To do what Newsom did first, Abbott would have to announce that he was narrowing his choices to only straight white males, and then he would have to choose an out-of-state oil lobbyist to be senator. Gosh, you can imagine how many media heads would explode. Anyway, Owen Right. That's a good point. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. 
So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Armstrong and Getty. These are bad guys. That is especially true. So bizarre and so grotesque. Yep. Okay. Cool. Well, that was unnecessarily frank, but how can this show be on one hand sometimes so highbrow, yet <laughs> be what it is the rest of the time? Come on. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Declared the new era, which dawned yesterday, the fightening. It's not great, but it's best I could come up with. It's a new era of American life in which you just need to be ready to throw dogs in any setting at any time. Whether literally or metaphorically, it's fight time. It's fight club coast to coast. I'm not ready to throw dogs at any time. Well, you will be among the victims, Jack. (laughs) The fightening has begun. The uh, the opening bout, the undercard, features uh, 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 tough guy Tim Burchett versus Kevin the Mick McCarthy uh, in a very brief and suspicious battle below the Congress in the hallways. These are we'll both let, uh, Republican congressmen? That's correct, yeah. Burchett, it's worth mentioning, was part of the uh, the cabal that did not support Kevin McCarthy and helped to throw him out of the speakership. Michael, we'll, uh, we'll uh, start with clip 70 and go from there. There was a clean shot to the kidneys, and I turned back, and there was, there was Kevin. He's a bully with $17 million in a security detail. You know, he's the type of guy that, when you're a kid, would throw a rock over the fence and run home and hide behind his mama's skirt. 
So he claims Kevin McCarthy walked up behind him and elbowed him in the kidneys? Uh, yeah, essentially in the lower back. And um, a uh, NPR reporter, I think it was, who was uh, chatting with uh, Burchett at the time said, yeah, McCarthy walked behind him and Burchett just v- lunged forward and started yelling at McCarthy, essentially saying, what the hell was that? Chased after him. Hey, Kevin, why'd you walk behind me and elbow me in the back? You have no guts. I didn't do that, McCarthy replied. As Burchett continued to yell, McCarthy laughed and said, oh, my God. You, think you are actually- so pathetic, said Burchett. Well, I would say that, too, if it happened. Do you think that happened? Do you think Kevin McCarthy actually walked behind a guy and, like, elbowed him in a manner to try to cause pain as opposed to just, like, a nudge or something? I will not issue my judgment until all of the witnesses have testified. Next clip. If I hit somebody, they would know I hit him. I did not elbow him. No, I would not elbow him. I would not hit him in a kidney. HC5, you're all down there, right? Not a very big hallway. Come on, Kevin. We're a little, you and I are the same age. We're a little old to be saying things like, if I hit somebody, they're going to know I hit them. Eh, come on. That's not a very big hallway, so I elbowed him and, and ran. Uh, this is uh, Representative Ken Buck, no great fan of McCarthy's. Well, I believe the reporter who was uh, present when uh, Tim was pushed or, or or struck by Kevin McCarthy, it wasn't just Tim's view of what happened, um, it, and it wasn't just a crowded uh, situation where uh, Kevin was pushed into to Tim. Um, and so I think the reporter uh, made the eyewitness account, and, and I believe that, that Kevin, uh, you know, while he was guarded by four uh, police officers uh, went and, and, and uh, you know, did what he did, I guess. Wow. But Congressman Buck, Kevin McCarthy, he's a, a great leader, isn't he? Kevin McCarthy and lying are, are like peanut butter and jelly. Delicious? <laughs> oh, they go together. A childhood oh. treat? Um, <laughs> fair number of people actually don't like Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, and they're calling him a liar and, and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, and he then, is, uh, kidney, his star has fallen. And a kidney elbower. That's right. Uh, you can do some damage so, that way. So what do you think happened? I think McCarthy was brushing past him and wanted him out of the way and pushed him with more gusto than is appropriate. Because he's got anger about him. Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because this guy ruined his dream of being Speaker of the House. I could see that. I've done that sort of thing. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, move, move, and give him a shot. Yeah, hmm. Anyway, that's merely the undercard, Jack. A couple of uh, middleweight palookas trading blows for our entertainment. Let's move on to the heavyweights. In the red corner, the Oklahoma Mauler, Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. And in the blue corner, Union Goon, Mobster, he sure tries hard to come off as one. Uh, what is he? Teamsters goon Sean O'Brien, who's standing up to corporate greed in the hearing in the Senate, which is being administered by one socialist, uh, Bernie Sanders, ironically, and he factors in in a moment. So Bernard here's the back story. Here's the backstory. Uh, Mullen, the senator, and this uh, O'Brien character have traded various verbal barbs in the past. Situation escalated after Mullen read incendiary tweets from O'Brien, including one in which the union boss 
intimated that he could fight the lawnmaker. He called him a greedy CEO with a tough guy act. He accused him of exploiting workers, that he was not a self-made man. He was a big phony. Mullen told O'Brien he wished he was in his plumbing truck when he and his wife ran a two-person plumbing operation that they then built over years. Um, and then uh, things escalated from there as, again, O'Brien had tweeted that he's got a tough guy act and that he'd like to fight him sometime. Oh, uh, we'll start with uh, clip 60, Michael. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. Is that your Sorry. solution every problem? Oh, no, no, sit down. Oh, you're a clown. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Active. Oh, okay, okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Mr. Hold Jim. it. Hold it. If Hold we can't, no, I have the mic. Said. I'm sorry. This is Hold what it. he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> this is a hearing. Bernie Sanders. The fightening, friends. The fightening. Bernie Sanders did a good job of jumping in there and uh, trying to control it. But the, 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 the Republican senator actually stood up, took off his jacket, and then started to take off his ring like I've seen guys do in bar fights. That's the uh, the the like old school. I'm a a, a fair minded man. To to have jewelry on that could cut up your face is uncool. We're if we're gonna throw dogs right now, all right? We're both consenting adults, as he said. You want to fight me? Let's fight. It's gonna be fists. Old school. I like it. I respect <laughs> it, especially in the Senate. All right. Are you not entertained? <laughs> Let's pick it up with 64, Michael, and go from there. This is a hearing. And God knows the American people have enough of contempt for Congress. Let's not I don't make like it worse. Thugs and you, you have the, and you have I don't like you because you describe yourself. Hold it. I don't like thugs. I don't like you because you just described yourself. Yeah, Forget well, it sticks it. on me and bounces off you or something. Yeah, something about glue, something, something. Eh, they're having a hearing about glue two rooms over. Roll on, Michael. You have the mic. Yeah. You have time. All right. Just say, then let's do this. Because I did challenge you, and I accepted your challenge. And you went quiet. No, I didn't go quiet. I was. Oh, I was no, no, you no, challenged no. me to a cage match, no, no, acting no. like a twelve-year-old schoolyard bully. Excuse me. Hold, Hold it. No, excuse me. I, I will mic. say. I will say. Exactly. Senator Mullen, I have the mic. You have questions on any economic issues? Anything that said, go for it. Ah, just roll on, Michael. I, Senator Mullen, you made some charges. Charges? Mr. Mr. O'Brien, do you want to respond to yeah, go ahead, questions? Please. Yeah, I mean, look, the reality of it is, you Except know, my challenge Mr. Mr. Mullen, <laughs> tough guy. Answer, hold it. Answer the questions. All right, you all want, if I, he, he made a lot of statements, right? And his statements are fiction at best. Fiction? I read them. Okay. What? Well, answer the question, please. I can't understand him, to be honest with you. All right. He rambles so much. <laughs> wow. Wow. And it rolls on, folks. There's more. What was your question, actually? You said I made a lot of statements. No, but what's your question? I don't understand your question. Could you repeat it? You said anytime, any place. What's your question? Accept the challenge. What challenge? You said anytime, any place. I'm accepting yours, so why don't you come What back? challenge? What challenge are you talking April about? April 30th. How about we do it for a charity? 
at the smoking guns in Tulsa, Oklahoma. No, we're not what, going to be talking about physical Oklahoma. confrontations here. You want to fight me? What do you say by any time, any place? Let's have coffee. Discuss our differences. Oh, oh that's oh, what you said. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. All right, well, let's say I don't have coffee. Let's I'd do it. To. All right. I'd love to. But the, it's funny how you're back. Okay. Now. I don't back on anything. You did. Oh. You're the one. You're a 100. Senator. Should be the most influential people in this country making changes. Senator you're focused on. Okay. You're Thank focused you. on Why debate that's not even relevant. You're an embarrassed. You're an embarrassment. Look, embarrassment to the state of this Oklahoma. hearing is yeah. about the condition of the working class in America. You That's brought what a with thug I, this You're the biggest thug here. You brought, you brought him in. All right, you're you're being, the biggest thug. Even look, your colleagues call you. Why you do what you're doing, Senator Hassan? Thank you very much, Mr. Senator Hassan, Senator Mullen, please yield. Well, my politics are more friendly toward the Republican senator than the union thug. Yeah. But uh, even with having said that, I think if you say to someone, oh, yeah, anytime, any place, and then they come back to you and you say, no, I meant coffee, you're the one who backed down. Not that that should matter. It's not a, you know, it's not a, 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 a physical contest to see yeah. who wins these things. Mullen really could have let it go. Absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, <laughs> to paraphrase, uh, no country for old men. If that ain't the poop show, it'll do till the poop show gets here. <laughs> I mean, what a poop show. Good Lord. And then you got to, you know, uh, Burchett and McCarthy about coming to blows underneath the Congress. What the hell? Well, Senator Mullen, the big, giant, tough, actually tough guy, Republican senator, stood up and took off his jacket. Put your jacket back on. Quick word from our friends at HelloFresh. HelloFresh is the secret to a stress-free holiday season. Yes, HelloFresh. Skip the last-minute shopping trips and let HelloFresh deliver tasty recipes, quick meals, and party-ready treats right to your door. Sure, your schedule's busy, but that doesn't mean you have to compromise on dinner. Just try HelloFresh's 15-minute meals. Yeah, these quick fixes help you get a wholesome dinner on the table in less time than it takes to get delivery, and they're cheaper, too. And with HelloFresh, the most wonderful time of the year is also the most delicious. Enjoy every bite of the holiday season with over 45 weekly recipes to choose from and over 100 curated picks from HelloFresh Market. Oh, and if you're hosting this holiday, HelloFresh Market has just what you need to please a crowd without the hassle, from photo-worthy charcuterie boards to mouth-watering desserts. Everyone wants to cut back on air and spend less time in checkout lines. Go with HelloFresh. Have them send the easy recipes, pre-portioned ingredients. Get free breakfast for life with the code Armstrong free at HelloFresh.com. Armstrong free. That means one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life with the code Armstrong free at HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong free. You're a U.S. Senator. Mullen defended his conduct this morning to the Hill. Every now and then you need to get punched in the face. Mullen also argued that it wouldn't have necessarily violated the Senate rules if he and O'Brien had duked it out in the middle of the hearing room. <laughs> well, wait a minute then. <laughs> Here's some uh, comments. Okay. And you should have seen the fear of his eyes when I stood up, too. Now, I'm not joking. I, I'm not looking for a fight. I used to get paid to fight professionally. Uh, this, I, I'm not really looking for it, but I'm sure not going to set back and let somebody do that and not call him out on it. You should have seen the fear in his eyes. You guys are a little too cavemanish here. I mean, you know, the, what? Who frightened <laughs> who? <laughs> Well, listen to the modern man, Jack, the effete, limp-wristed, effeminate modern man. Crazy times, the fightening. Welcome to it, folks. I'd suggest getting to your local gym and getting tough. So he says that wouldn't have violated the Senate rules if they squared off and fought right there. <laughs> well, let's strip to the waist and get it on, then. Uh, I loved your comments. Are you not entertained? <laughs> 
Oh, God help us. Stay here. Do you want to fight me? What do you say by any time, any place? Let's have coffee. Discuss our differences. Oh, oh that's oh. what you said. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. All right, well, let's say I don't have coffee. Let's do it. it. All right. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So a couple of AI, particularly chat GPT stories for you. The arms race that is currently going on around AI. This is all in America. We don't actually know what they're doing in other countries, but because of the nature of AI, there might not be much going on in other countries. I won't get off on that. But there's quite the struggle going on between Microsoft and Google and uh, Meta, and everybody's vying for the best in open AI, which is where ChatGPT comes from. 
That's what Elon originally was uh, in, in, invested in, and then he got out, and then they took it public and for profit, which he is very disappointed in. Anyway, they rolled out yesterday that ChatGPT can now see, hear, and speak, uh, as opposed to um, just you know typing in stuff. So now you can just talk to it or show it pictures or whatever. And they use an example, which if this works, and I'm sh- if it doesn't work now, it'll work next year. I mean, all this stuff is going that direction. For instance, uh, hey, my grill won't start. What's the problem? Let me see it. You hold your phone up to it. Oh, that's a you know Black and Decker G42. If it won't start, it's probably one of these three problems. And it'll just wow. tell you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> How awesome will that be? Great. Yeah. In terms of grill repair. I mean, I already, I, so I downloaded the new software for the iPhone, the 17 that just came out. Changed a bunch of stuff that didn't need to be changed. Sometimes I think change is just for change sakes. But, uh, but uh, one new thing that I can do with my phone that I, I, I don't think I could do before is where I'm walking around with my headphones on, I'm listening to a podcast, and I just say, hey, will you tell Henry I'll be there to pick him up to school five minutes late? And then all of a sudden, it just texts Henry my what I said. Wow. Wow. It's awesome. That's cool. I know. Yeah. I was doing that yesterday. It was, it was awesome. And we've got so much further to go down that road, bringing us to this story, combining the iPhone and chat GPT. OpenAI is in talks with an ex-Apple designer to create the iPhone of AI, the iPhone of artificial intelligence. And this guy, Ive, or Ivy, 56-year-old Brit, he is behind the design of the iMac, the iPod, the iPhone, all of your best, biggest, most successful Apple products. He left Apple in 2019 to form something called Love From. It's an independent company. Anyway, he's pairing with ChatGPT, and they're going to try to make an iPhone-like product that is all about utilizing AI and ChatGPT in kind of the way I was just talking about it, combining that whole, hey, what's wrong with my grill? Look at it. Tell me what's wrong with it. With some of the stuff I was doing on my iPhone yesterday and bringing that all together, which could be awesome. Uh, it sounds incredible. It sits uh, cheek bejowl with a piece I read yesterday about the number of guys who are fixated on their virtual girlfriends and uh, have no desire nor means to ever meet a real woman because their virtual girlfriend is understanding never argues with them is also ai gorgeous and pornographic and the rest of it it feels very satan in the garden of eden to me it's so alluring i can't pass up that big juicy apple and then we end up i don't know where it just uh, i mean what you're describing in terms on the positive side is amazing I mean, the, the mind of man, if you forget about the dystopian aspect of it, it's truly astonishing and inspiring that humankind could come up with something like that. I'm just afraid it leads us down the road to, well, I don't know, extinction. Right, and then the military applications in the same way that splitting the atom allows for nuclear power that can cleanly run a city in Europe, not sure. in the United States. We don't do it in the United States. We use... a. Uh, Coal. But, uh, for instance, Bruce Springsteen and Graham Nash told us not to in 1978. Great. But you can use fission to run most cities in France. You can also blow up Hiroshima with it or uh, who knows what other city someday. And uh, that's the problem with the AI. Um, So the whole, hey, how do I how do I get my grill to start will not really matter that much if. Well, it leads to what you were talking about, a dystopian hellscape. Right. On the other hand, then I think humankind 
has held dominion over the earth for a few thousand years now. We've had a run. Time to give the, the apes a chance. Or the beavers. Or I don't know. You're being sarcastic and flip, but you actually sound like the guy who created Google. What's his name? Page? Um, who believes, yeah, you, you shouldn't elevate our species above others. Let's give another one should have a chance. Maybe artificial oh. intelligence to, to oh. run the world. I don't actually believe that. I just think that man has invented his doom. That definitely could be. Mm -hmm. Which is fine. I've had a good run. You young people, good luck. (laughs) Should have been born earlier. Who knows what the road down is going to look like, though, and how long it'll last. I think we got a couple months. It, It could be like a pleasure dome for a long time. Just amazing and full of uh, wealth for everyone and comfort and exploration and the rest of the... Cardinale, it's over! <laughs> I don't know. You could be right that it wouldn't be sustainable, but we'll all be in our homes with VR headsets on, enjoying just the most amazing wonders that, of, of whatever kind of pleasure you can imagine. Music, sex, travel, interaction, whatever, video. Uh, but then, you know, society will end because we'll stop reproducing. Yeah, yeah. But again, the beavers, industrious, hardworking, sleek of fur. Maybe it's time for them to have a chance. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.